What's up, y'all? This is Tiny and Kelvin Smith. Running back DeAndre Torrey. Senior receiver Michael Lawrence. Senior guard DJ Draper. And you're listening to Bruni's Breakdown Podcast, your home for North Texas sports. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Bruni's Breakdown, the 24-7 sports podcast. I'm your host, Matthew Bruni. And with me, once again, is Colin Mitchell. Colin, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing, I'm doing a lot better than last week. Yeah, it's hard to do worse than last week. Yeah, so. last week was like, last week was like the equivalent of breaking up with somebody and then like having to like impulsively like eat a bunch of food afterward. Except our our output was the podcast, and the the girlfriend was SMU, obviously. So <laughs> we 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 got another girlfriend in that time, and and it was okay. It was a better breakup this week. What is happening? <laughs> I mean, I guess no. I was not expecting the start of this podcast to go that direction. Did it work? Did, did you just off the? Yeah, it, it was. It was fine. <laughs> um, for those of y'all who don't know what he's talking about, um, I don't. I, okay, first of all, I'm sure a lot of. I'm sure a lot of you. I'm sure a lot of you. No, Colin, you had your chance to talk. All right, this is this is it. This is my chance. Um, North Texas lost to Cal today the day we're recording this on Saturday 23 to 17 they fell behind 20 to 0 in the first quarter um they fought their way back the defense made plays the offense eventually made plays um you know Jalen Darden had a 68 yard catch and run they marched down the field Jair Shorter had a touchdown late North Texas had a chance um at the end of the game with about a little under two minutes left they had the ball on their own 35 um but they uh, had a false start penalty, and then they ended up not even getting a first down, and they fell short. They didn't. They weren't able to pull out the win, and it didn't feel like they kind. Of, I don't want to say it didn't feel like they deserved a win, but with the way that the game started out, and with the game that they played through, two and a half quarters, maybe three quarters. I mean, it wasn't really a game where you were like. Damn, they should have had that one. It was more like, you know, they they fought and they they played them close. And Cal's a really good team. Cal's probably gonna be top twenty five after this week, but they just weren't quite good enough tonight. Yeah, and uh, the, I'm I'm fine with the result because just to give you perspective or the audience perspective, in the first quarter you said that this felt this game felt a lot like Utah State, and we didn't get that exactly. So exactly, we we can only be happy. They only allowed uh, three points after the first quarter. Uh, like you said, the offense just couldn't get it done. So I don't want to say I don't want to say you can only be happy because you can only, okay okay you how, how about this you can we only were be so happy low after, we were we were so low after the first quarter right after how they played after the first quarter you can only be happy I that's guess. what I meant yeah because the first quarter was anything but happy yeah that was probably listen here here's the first three drives Cal gets the ball. Gets the ball first, all right? We've been, we talked about on our preview and we've talked throughout the week on our and everything I wrote. Cal's offense is very limited. Very bad. It, it, it's very limited. I'll it's use the bad. word. It's bad for Pac-12 levels, I'll say. I, it's probably one of the worst in Pac-12. It's probably one of the worst in all of Power 5. But it is a limited offense. And for them to get the ball first and march down the field and score a touchdown, and then, Mason, and then the offense comes out and... They fumble it. Mason gets hit on a on a, while he's trying to pass it, and Cal recovers. They kick a field goal, so they hold him to a field goal. Quick, uh, 10-0. Cal holds them again, gets the ball back, and scores again. And 
before you know it, it's twenty to zero at the end of the quarter, and you're just like, this. I I felt that this game looked just like Utah State from the beginning because when you watched the two teams play in the first quarter, UNT didn't look like they belonged on the field, and that's how it looked with Utah State. And yeah. I mean, even to a certain degree, SMU last week, but. I mean, I would say Cal is a little bit better, especially defensively, than than SMU. So um, that's apples and apples to oranges. But that's that's how that's the feeling I got. So that's why I said that. And we watched the game together uh, here, so we were able to bounce ideas off each other and talk throughout the game. So yeah, which we usually aren't. So that was a good experience. But um, is there is there anything else that from the first quarter that that I missed there? I mean, I, the offense. How how would you sum it up in one word? One word. One word summation. Um, one word to describe the first quarter between North Texas and Cal. Gory. <laughs> that bad, huh? It was bad. <laughs> it was and really it, bad. And I thought it could have been worse. And then you have like Jair Shorter dropped the touchdown in the end zone. I don't remember if that was the second quarter or late in the first. But I believe that was the second. Okay, yeah. Well, let's continue in the first half. Jair Shorter drops the pass. I mean... Cal continued to they they weren't moving the ball as effectively, but they were still you know they were moving. getting first downs on third and nine, and they were runs. running the ball with they were, ease. Yeah, running plays to start off the ball. And yeah. I wrote down in in my notebook that the defense <laughs> looked like in the first half it looked like they had to choose like okay, well, do we want to give up a seven yard run or do we want to give up a twelve yard pass? Because sometimes they would load the box and sometimes they would drop eight and they couldn't decide what to do. And then when they dropped eight and they took away the pass and they actually did their jobs on the back end, um, the quarterback Garber, how, how bad is that? I don't remember the name of the quarterback we just played, but um, anyways, he, he took off because they didn't have a QB spy or they were in man. And a lot of the game opened up for him on the, on the ground. And so when that happened, I was just like, okay, well this defense is, is hopeless. Yeah, I definitely thought they were going to put up like 300 rushing yards after that first quarter, just because, like you said, they they'd only bring three in the box, expecting him to, or hoping that he'd pass to force them to run, and then they're like, okay, we'll run, and then just ran it down their throats. Um, I guess you could just kind of say that whole first half was just not um, instilling confidence in anybody. Yeah, and then so <laughs> halftime comes around, and I'm. I'm I'm still pretty pretty dejected, I guess, at this point because I'm just like yeah, but I, you could, I, I, you could kind ahead. of see the turnaround though at the end of the second half. I mean, first half they got a field goal. So so we, we, Bernie and I looked at each other. We said they're getting the ball back. They get a touchdown, two score game, and they we really wanted the touchdown. Yes, in that first half, which and they ended you, up you had to kick the field goal there just to get some kind of points, but. In the back of our minds, we all said go for it. <laughs> yes, of course. Yeah, so they end up getting the field goal. Chase Garbers is the name of the quarterback uh, for Cal, by the way. Um, so they ended up kicking the field goal, and then in the second half they come out, and like I said, Jalen Darden comes out and explodes for a 68-yard uh, screen that goes the distance. So just like that is 20 to 10, and you're like, okay, well, I mean, we're, they're right there. And they give up a field goal, So, but it's still a two-touchdown game. Like, two touchdowns win you the game, wins you the game. Yeah. So there was never, like... The difference was with SMU is that SMU kept North Texas at, at arm's length, and they had the offense to do that. Cal didn't have the offense to put together multiple, multiple, multiple drives of getting 
four first downs. Like, they just can't. And North Texas defense will get a lot of credit for that, and we'll get into the defense in a second. But the Cows offense was just not capable of doing that, and that just kept the door open forever. Like, if Cal scored one more field goal and made it 26 instead of um, 23, then it would just... It would have been over pretty much at that point. Yeah. So that's what kept it interesting. And then late in the game, uh, like I said, North Texas had a chance. And uh, there were, oh, I think we have to we have to mention there were a lot of injuries as well. I think yeah. that's, that's, an, that's an essential part of summing up this game is that second possession of the game, Rico Bussey goes down. Yeah, that was awful. It, look, it was really bad. And it was a non-contact injury. It was a play where he went up to go catch a ball that looked like it was either poorly thrown or overthrown, um, maybe both. But he com- comes down hard on his right foot and immediately drops the ball, immediately goes down, immediately like looks like he needs help, throws his helmet, looks emotional, leaves the game, doesn't return with a right leg injury. And we haven't gotten a official word on what's, what his situation is. I'm sure he'll get x-rayed or whatever. But that was alarming. And then you have you, – you can just go down the list at that point. You can – I actually have it written down. We Colin. have a list, in we, fact. We do have a list. Um, you mentioned DeAndre Plan, who was mentioned there. I don't know if he left the game. He or did, not. I don't think he left the game, but he he, he was limping toward the end. Okay. Uh, it, I saw it, and then the announcers also said him, something. Him and KD Davis were the two guys that limped prominently. KD Davis was like limping, limping. Yeah, you K- know. <laughs> KD Davis was struggling. So those two, and then you have the two guys that, re- that were hurt and then returned, and Deion Noville and Mason Fine. Yep. So those two guys got hurt in return. If you saw Mason, um, I thought it was his hand because the way he came down, but apparently it was his shoulder, um, his left shoulder. And then you have the three guys that left the game and didn't return, Enrico Bussi, Caleb Colvin, and Mike Linehan. Mike Linehan had a concussion. I don't remember what Colvin had. Shoulders? Um, I think it was his dislocated shoulder. Dislocated shoulder. That's Something what it was. Like it was yeah. a dislocated shoulder. Yeah, so you had those three hurt. So that's seven dudes. Seven, seven dudes and five of them starters that were dealing with something. Yeah. And that didn't help at all, especially late in the game when you had to replace Rico Bussey with Deion Hare Griffin. And um, Deion Hare Griffin, as good as he is with his speed and whatnot, he's just obviously not Rico Bussey. And right. re- nobody on this team is Rico Bussey. So it's hard to re- it was hard to replace him. And it looked like they missed him on that last drive, especially when they needed, uh, they needed someone just to be able to go up and get a ball, and they weren't able to do that. So um, that was important as well, just mentioning the injuries. Um was there anything else for the game you felt like you felt like we we missed um, as far as just summing up the game? No, I don't think anything summing up. I think I Trey Siggers was great again. Yeah, we'll I don't, get, I, don't we'll, I don't have him fully written down. But we'll get more into that. He had eighty eight yards, I think. Yeah, he uh, did eighty eight yards and eighteen carries. Yeah, I don't have him written down. That's why I brought him up. But that's fine. yeah, we, we'll, we can go over the offense more after. Yeah, okay. uh, whenever we Makes actually sense. go. So over you want to do questions? Yeah, let's do questions. All right. Again, just like last week, we're going to do y'all's questions first, so that way we knock them out, and then we can get into whatever's left over. Yeah, so, so. we don't go to the end. Of course. So first, who should we start with? Should we start with Brady? Yeah, let's go with Brady. So we we got we have our, our resident coach, high school <laughs> coach, coach, or middle school coach. Resident coach and UNT fan. There you go. That's his, exactly. That's his whole purpose. So uh, he has two questions for us. Let's just, let's just hit it with the offensive question, I guess. Go ahead. When will Mason have his breakout game this year? He was almost primed to have it. This, I mean, the the story was coming together. Hurt shoulder, couldn't move his shoulder, throwing the ball, could have had a comeback similar to the midterm miracle, mm-hmm. and then it came short. 
Yes. And then last week, he didn't have a good game. Obviously, ACU's ACU. So when do you expect Mason Fine to have the game this year? So I asked you before off-air um, what an average Mason Fine game is. And you said 300 yards, two touchdowns, one pick. Yes. So we're, we're, we're asking when does the 400-yard game, three touchdowns, and no pick game happen. So basically what he did against Abilene Christian. Except, yes, except not against Abilene Christian. Right. Um, I would say, obviously, UTSA is kind of the gimme game. It okay. There's an equal chance I feel like of it happening against UTSA and Houston. So I'm not gonna and pick Houston. One. Yes, I'm not gonna pick one though. I hope it happens against Houston. Don't U- even. Don't. I hope even. it happens against UTSA so they win. Okay, because in UTSA, because in Houston, it would be you have trying, to win. Yeah, UTSA. That's not a debate. Yeah, you have to win that game. If you lose that game, every the entire season is meaningless. Basically. It's a hyperbole, but you know what I'm saying. Um I mean I, I think it I think he has a good chance of happening against UTSA. I'd say it has a probably the best chance in the next three weeks. Well, do you think I feel like a breakout game would kind of get him going. I feel like he's not hit his rhythm, I guess. It's it's always just kind of been like he has his little flashes of Mason. And I have then, I have a okay go ahead I'm sorry yeah so he has yeah he has his flashes and you're like oh that that was a fantastic th- like today mm-hmm. it was oh that was an awful throw I forgot what the throw was yes and then he threw it in triple coverage to uh he had a couple bad to throws. Dion yes to Dion and we were like oh well that's the Mason we saw last year and a couple years ago so I feel like he needs that breakout game not only to just have the breakout game but to to get some kind of sustainability and consistency. I okay. I I get what you're saying and I get what the people's concern is as far as like, you know, Mason isn't Mason isn't doing what he did last year or isn't he isn't doing what he did two years ago. A the competition has been harder, um, as far as SMU of just in two games, because we're not counting if we're not counting Abilene ACU doesn't count. We're counting a two game sample size. And those are two games against SMU and a game a game against Cal. One of the best defenses in the country. Me personally, I cannot, I cannot put any stock onto what Mason's done because a the defense he's played, and b actually for a lot of reasons. But let's go b because of how poorly I think the offensive line has played. Yeah. And so, when did we see those great throws? We saw one deep throw when specifically had, yeah, when the he triple had coverage when he had time. When he had time in the pocket, mm-hmm. we saw him make a few throws with time in the pocket. I wrote this down in my book as well, or in my um, yeah, my notebook as well. Mason looks kind of—I don't want to say scared, but he's like—it's kind of programmed in his head that he doesn't have a lot of time. Right. It, when he, he gets, he's the gonna ball, get hit. When he gets the ball, he's a—he says, "All right, boom, 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 not there. We're going check down, running back." And I kind of mentioned on this on this um, on this last week. He is kind of getting the ball, and it looks like when he gets the ball, he knows he has like two or three seconds, like max. Yeah. And if he doesn't get rid of it in two seconds, he needs to move because that pocket is gone. And that's how it looked in the first half, especially when he was very uncomfortable. Threw an in, or he threw the interception in the second half, but um, when he was just not comfortable. And then when he did have time, he was able to hit the throws that he needed to make. I mean, Jair Shorter has an end zone touchdown that's dropped like – there were plays that could have helped him that 
I he didn't miss. I'll say that. Yeah. The defense either made a great play um, or the receiver dropped it. And that's when he had time. And so that's what I'm – that's the first thing that I attribute his lack of success to. And the second thing is SMU completely did not respect their run game. And I don't – Cal didn't really respect it either at the start, and then they eventually came to respect it. But And Cal obviously has more talent in the back end, so they didn't have to. But SMU did not at all. Like, they were dropping eight. They were dropping seven. They had, like, five guys in the box multiple times. And if you're a quarterback, I don't care who you are, if you have four receivers going into seven guys in coverage, that's going to be difficult. If you have seven four guys going into eight guys in coverage, that's going to be difficult. And you're still getting pressured? There's no way. Mason... I do not take a lot out of this two-game sample size for Mason, for me, at all. And that's not because, and again, he was not perfect in either one of those games against SMU or, or Cal. I think he was probably, his struggles were far more on him against Cal than they were against SMU, in my opinion. I agree. SMU completely played the pass, the North Texas was was not ready to play that game. They didn't protect him at all. They at least protected him better against Cal. I feel like you had Alex Woodworth back on the offensive line. That was huge. Um, and and Cal is such a good defense. Um, Cal he did miss throws against Cal though. That's the difference between that and SMU. I feel like SMU he missed a couple throws, but but Cal he probably missed like probably missed like five throws, and which is kind of weird for for Mason yeah. like actually missed those throws. And then he had the interception against Cal that was like completely uncalled for. Yeah, but you could argue that was, that was a throwaway that it was supposed it to be It wasn't a throwaway. He was trying to throw it away. I don't know if he was trying to throw it out of balance. There were two receivers in the area. I, I'm just saying, throw the ball. He, he has to throw the ball away there. Yeah. I, I'm i just saying, two-game sample size for me doesn't... It doesn't mean much because of, A, how much better the competition was, B, the offensive line. Um, I will say that I do think he played worse against Cal than he did against SMU, despite what the numbers say. So why do you think... He could have it against Houston then. If Houston Houston's a worse defense than both of those two. Think so? You think they're worse? Even than though SMU? what we saw from Washington against Washington State last night, we saw what they, we saw them hold Washington State to thirty one points. And I know everyone's gonna be like, Whoa, that's insane. I still don't think they have the they don't they don't have the top in talent that SMU has at least. Like SMU has has transfers that are legit P five guys almost. And Houston can be on that level. But I don't think they'll be better than them. And that's just, that's an early opinion. We'll get into the S Houston preview later. But I, I do think UT State is going to be the game where he can have a breakout game if he has time in the pocket. That That's all this is contingent upon is if he has three, four seconds in the pocket where he can actually scan the field instead of like having to move. Right. I think it's a completely different game. I think Mason Fine is one of the best. I mean, Last year, he was second in the nation in, in adjusted completion percentage. He was around 80% when he didn't spike it, throw it away, get sacked, you know, um, have to... What was the other... There was another There was another one. Oh, a drop. So whenever none of those things happened, he was completing 80% of his passes. Yeah. Like, he is one of the best quarterbacks in the country when you can give him some time. And obviously, with his height, with his... um, He's not super mobile... Um, I, he can throw on the run, but he's not a you know runner per yeah, se. Yeah, he's not a dual threat. Yeah, he's not dual threat. So with the, both of those things working against him, he kind of has to have a little more, a little more go his way for him to be efficient. And that's not a knock on him because when he does have those things go his way, he's one of the best quarterbacks in the country. Yeah. But when a pocket collapses on him, he's not going to be able to outrun 
a defensive end. He's not going to be able. That's, that's a good point. He's not going to be able to shake off a guy. You're like forcing Big ben. out a pocket. You're forcing a pocket passer to become a dual threat, and he's not a dual threat. And a pocket po- passer that's only five eleven. Right. So it's different. Um, that's that's what I have to say about that. I think that those two things. I think he just needs time in the pocket. That's my main thing. That's all I'll say. After saying all that. Okay. All right. Uh, next question from our resident coach. Um, um, who is going to fill Rico's spot if Jair Shorter can't catch the ball? Oh, man. Uh, so Rico's injury looked bad? It looked pretty bad. I, I, I don't want to speculate. That's not, yeah, we're not going to because we don't, you know, bad juju. Yeah, bad juju. Um, we hope he's back, though, for next week. So, um, Jair Shorter had a ton of targets. If I scroll down. Um, it was nine, I think. Nine targets, something yeah. around there? Or was that Dion? That no, was Dion. they both had nine. They both had nine. Okay. They both had nine. Uh, Jair finished with five receptions for 68 yards and a touchdown. Dion finished with three receptions for 36 yards. Dion Hare Griffin got most of the snaps for Rico in his place. Dion is Rico's backup. Right. Jair was already on the field. Yeah, Jair is starts on yeah. Arden's team already. So Dion is going to start, theoretically, if Rico Bussy doesn't play just like he did against Cal. Um I, I don't know if Greg White is capable of we haven't starting or capable I don't, of I don't know. I don't plugging think so. in. We haven't seen much of him. Do he didn't make a catch. I I w- I assumed when Rico first went down, I was like, okay, it's Greg White time. But it was Dion Hare Griffin time. And so I was like, that's kind of weird. Yeah. Because I consider Dion still kind of a slot guy more so. Even though right. he is more explosive and he can go down the field more so than slot guys can. You need the height. Yeah, it, it feels like you need the height at least. So mm-hmm. that was alarming to me. Uh, who's going to fill Rico's spot? You go first, Colin. Well, unfortunately, it is Jair Shorter and Dion Hare uh, Griffin. And it's only unfortunate because you had one of the top receivers in the nation in Rico Busty. It's not, it's not, it's not a knock on those two guys, but one Jair Shorter has to catch that lob to the end zone. Yes. Yes. He so does. That, that was huge. Point. That hit his hands it and he huge. just dropped it. Yes. Uh, Dion, the catches that he wasn't able to make wasn't because he dropped them or anything. It was just, he's not big enough. Rico was Rico would go up and get the ball. The one that we saw into the end zone, it was a perfectly thrown pass, but the corner is taller than he is. Yeah. And then we saw this against uh, SMU. SMU. Or yeah. no, ACU. Oh, was it ACU? ACU, whenever uh, That's right, on Mason, the threw, sideline. Mason threw yeah, that 50-50 ball on mm-hmm. the sideline. Same thing. Yeah. It would have been open if it was Rico. It probably would have been open if it was Jair. But he's just not He's not physically like Imposing. Rico. Yeah. Exactly. So I feel like they're just going to have to kind of make up for it in different ways. Obviously, Jair, you're going to have to try to throw up some 50-50 balls just because he does have that height and that size. But I feel like we're going to need to see more slants and less screens. <laughs> uh, yeah, I can. I, I agree. I agree with you pretty much completely. I would be still surprised if Deion Hare Griffin got those snaps ex- exclusively if Rico. Bussi I don't think he'll play. get them exclusively. Like, but, I think Greg but I White think Jair, needs to play. I think Jair will get more more targets. I agree. I th- I think Greg White needs to play though. But what does it tell you that Dion? Well, Dion, I feel like it's kind of like they prepared for Dion to be Rico's backup all week, and so I feel like if Greg White gets a lot of reps, either starting or as Dion's backup, yeah, I feel like he'll he'll get more more playing time. Okay, what about what about Mike Law? Where was he? Two receptions for fourteen yards, and one of those was a screen for six. He was on the field. Yeah, I mean he was on the field. Uh, 
Mike is like we as we know a possession guy and I feel like it being in the slot a lot of times maybe again I'll go back and watch the game but maybe Cal had a safety on him or something and they have one of the best secondaries in the country yeah. like two safe- and one of the best linebackers in the country yeah exactly great linebacker great safeties really good corners it's I feel like it's easy to be swallowed up by the by of by course them. yeah and to a certain extent I mean Jair was pretty like he was covered in on on a lot of his on a lot of his plays yeah except for the touchdown um I mean Jalen Darn, you take away his 68-yard touchdown, he had one reception for seven yards. So I just feel like Cal's defense did such a good job smothering them in the secondary that it's it's hard to pick out a guy and just be like, where was he? But but do you see him kind of help, helping to fill in? I Or do you think it'll just be kind of more the same with if, him? I think, I think he'll help fill in if Bodie adjusts the offense a little bit with Rico's absence. Adjust how though? Adjust it in ways that Rico was such a was kind of a first read option. First read option. A first option right. in Mason's he read. He was a first read, yeah. Yeah, exactly. he was or or he was like, all right, let's see if he gets past the corner off of the break or something like that. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And we'll see if the safety helps so rotates over to him or something. Like a lot of it was contingent on what Rico did mm-hmm. on the outside. And with that being gone, I feel like you have to change something something about it, whether it's your reads or whether it's what you're reading or right. anything St- like that. You have to make your primary receiver different on every play as opposed to looking at Rico and then having a secondary receiver. Some, yeah, something along those lines. And even though we know it's not like that every single snap. Right, but, but Rico, like you said, everything's contingent on what Rico Yes, because if they put a safety over the, over the top of Rico, then you yeah. have other stuff all open. So, yeah. Just stuff like that. Um, I can see them changing up the offensive Rico's misses any time so we'll it was, see it was also interesting we didn't see any more tight ends again we saw uh kelvin had two catches yeah kelvin had two receptions and nine yards two receptions nine yards and i believe those are his only two targets yeah probably so pertle did not have a reception um again same thing as smu I, same thing i wrote um on the board on vip they kind of just i feel like they talked up this t- whole tight end stuff just so they could like show it off for us and but they're still gonna look at what the defense does and if they're like all right well maybe we shouldn't use tight ends here like they're not gonna do what they do better like they're not gonna use tight ends and make the defense change they're gonna see what the defense gives them and play off of that do you think that's Bad. I said last week. I said last week it was bad. If you remember, I was like, right. I was like, how can you how can you be aggressive if you're being passive to begin the game? Exactly. I was like, yeah, exactly. I was just like, you talk all this throughout the whole offseason about using tight ends. How are you going to go into a game against SMU and after the first possession, never use tight ends again? Yep. That just shows that that you were it is it either doesn't work or it doesn't work against a certain defense, and then teams start will start running that defense. And Cal either did the same thing or. They're just too talented to use tight ends against. I don't know. But we didn't see a lot of two tight end sets, as you mentioned. So I don't know what to, I don't know what to expect <laughs> for, yeah. at this point uh, from yeah. them. I think maybe maybe I was just right, Colin. You know what? Maybe I was right that – and maybe we were right saying that their slot receivers are too good to not have out there for an extended amount of time. Which is funny – when you eh, say that, I don't you, know if we're right or not. I'm just saying right, maybe we're I know, were. but if but if say we are right, okay, that's that's funny that you change your whole offense when your slot receivers are just so much better than your tight ends. Yes, 
receiving wise, especially receiving wise, exactly. Um, so I mean, we'll, we'll like you said earlier, the talent that they're playing right now is obviously a lot higher. So it will get a better idea against UTSA to I, I think to see how they'll use them throughout the conference season. Mm-hmm. But as of right now, I, I I just foresee them kind of doing the same same old same old. I have a question, but I'm gonna save it for after our questions. Okay. Uh, you, oh, you have wait, the questions sorry. I have now. the rest of the questions. Yes. Okay. Um. First, let's go to Twitter. Okay. North Texas Sports Network asks, "Why do you think the team is getting rocked in the first quarter?" Now, this is back-to-back games that North Texas has taken a 20-point deficit in the first quarter. Obviously, against SMU, they went down 21-0. This week, they went down 20-0. What? Why do you think it is, Colin? You could argue that these last two games, or I guess all the games so far, except for AC, okay, so two games, I guess. <laughs> uh, it's the whole first half looks. I feel like their offense in the first half looks completely different than the offense they run in the second half, and I I, I noticed that today because I'm never obviously in the box with you, but in the first half, it was play after play. You and I are both sitting next to each other, going another screen, another screen, another run play, another check down, and in the second half it was like, okay, Mason, do what you do. Mm-hmm. And we and that got them points. That's how they scored. And I mean, save for the the Darden sixty eight yeah. yard screen, but mm-hmm. that was an RPO, like you'd mentioned whenever I pointed that mm-hmm. out. But yeah, they they can't come into games being passive. I feel like it's it's okay. Like you said, we'll take what the defense gives us. You can't be explosive and have that mindset. I don't think. Obviously, you don't want to be you know bang your head against the wall. Right. You don't you don't want to bang your head against the wall. You don't want to be. Um, too hasty with your with your throws, but you need to make the defense let the defense know like, hey, I'm gonna throw it here. Hey, I'm gonna throw it over the top. And when Evergier shorter was open, we saw that. I mean, I feel like I saw more deep passes today, more more passes past 15 yards than I have all season. Save ACU. Save ACU. Yeah, yeah, I do think it's a good point that they kind of come out and they're like, all right, well, we're gonna establish the run. We're gonna use our tight ends. We're gonna use some screens and get our guys into space, quote unquote, you know, that's, that's what the, that's what the whole like, adage is. Like, right? like when they run, ran the first play, a jet sweep to Rico. To Rico. Yes. Why? So why? Uh, let's tell the story of well, when they did that, they ran the first play to, to Rico, the same exact play we saw work against a Abilene Christian for like 30 yards or something. Yeah. Cal just blows it up for a five yard loss in the backfield. And I was immediately, I was like, Yep, this is an Abilene Christian. This is Cal. <laughs> right. This is a very, very, very different team. And it, it baffles my mind that you have a quarterback like Mason Fine who can make throws, and it's oh, hey Mason, yeah, just throw it to the, just throw a one yard pass to 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 Darden. whoever yeah. Darden, uh, Bussy, Tory, any any of them, and just let them do all the work for you. Mm-hmm. Where Ma- when Mason's able to make all these throws, he's so accurate, but they don't use it. Mm-hmm. They, 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 I feel like most of Mason's yards this season, save for the the the, the super deep passes, it's just oh yeah, Darden got run after the catch. Oh whoever so whoever got run after the catch, and they need to utilize what they have instead of trying to force players into certain things. I do agree with you. I wonder how much of the early game, like you know, whether it's check down screens, yada yada, run game, how much of that comes from a lack of trust in the offensive line. I don't think it matters. Why does that not matter? Because we saw in the second half that they were like, okay, well we have to score anyways. And they, they did it. Mason yes. rolled out. Mason, obviously Mason got hit, but he's going to get hit anyways. 
He didn't get hit in the first half. He got much, hit in the first. Uh, yeah, as I mean, much. I mean, he got hit on the the fumble. Yes, first drive of the game, and you have to, you have what you have. You you can't do anything about it. One thing I thought was interesting was that they don't they don't keep in six or seven guys into block much. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of times, the running back is gone every every single time. Like he's the check down option every single time. Yeah, and I'm like. I mean, you. I mean, they do keep him sometimes, but a lot of times he's gone as a check up, check, um, check down option. Then the tight end's gone as well, and so you really just leave your five against their four mm-hmm. a lot of times, and that's fine because theoretically it's supposed to work. But it's never worked. I don't know if that's working, right? Right now, I don't know if that's if they have the personnel on the offensive line to match up that well against, especially against these two teams and SMU and Cal. Well, what, UTSA might be different. What'll be interesting to me, and I don't know if it'd be it'd be nice to go back and look at the film for this. How many yards or how many plays in the first half and second half, respectively, did Mason throw past the sticks? Farther than 10 yards? Yeah. Yeah, it's a good question. It's a good question. Um, I I do think that this offense is at its best when Mason Fine is able to be free. Mm-hmm. But I think if we, asking him to be free comes contingent on the offensive line holding their blocks for four seconds so and having receivers that can get separation because against cal and smu they've struggled with that yeah so and those are two like i said two very good defenses two defenses that are might be better than any defense in conference usa so yeah we'll see um let me go to another question thank you for your question by the way brady and ntsn ntsn he also asked um what are your thoughts on the injuries and how they will impact the utsa game um, just if he has more than those yeah. two, and just name them all off. We can just answer them in succession. Okay. Well, let, well, let's answer that one first, real quick. Do you okay. think it impacts the UT injuries? Game? Mason's shoulder. He was unable to move his shoulder. He'll be fine. He'll be fine. <laughs> but again, you'll just have to. He played. He'll be fine. He'll play. Rub some dirt on but, it. But yeah, yeah. Rub, rub some let's of that go. Oklahoma dirt on it. Rico, I'm very scared. Rico, but we're I think not it's speculating. I we're think not speculating. 50. I think it's fifty fifty. But right. he wasn't on crutches whenever uh, they showed him on the sideline. Camera. All right, anyways. Uh, the offense looked surprisingly good. Do you think they could keep it up? I don't think the offense looked surprisingly good. I think, I think Mason they... showed up when he needed to at certain points in the game. Trey Sigurds looked good, too. Okay, that's a whole separate part. Okay, all right, yeah. all right. I won't get into that. Yeah, that's, that's a whole separate part. But again, it was checkdowns and Jalen Darden... Ran sixty-eight yards. That's <laughs> true. They had a hundred yards of offense in the first half. Right. So it was a, that was I don't think the offense looked surprisingly good. The offense looked like more of the same until they were like, "Oh, hey, I guess we should actually try to win the game now." <laughs> yeah. Well, there you go. So, uh, but anyways, I guess we should just bring in Trey Siggers. Shout out Trey Siggers for dragging a whole team and uh, really good defense on his back for Fantastic. many yards. Eighty-eight yards on eighteen. I don't carries. know why he didn't start this game. Nick Smith started it technically. If you want to get technical. All I know is that Trey Siggers is the future. And Oscar Atway. He's a redshirt sophomore. That's big. So, so there you go. Um, yeah, Trey Siggers was fantastic. I He ran exactly how he did against SMU. Hard. Yeah, it's not a fluke. Tackles. It wasn't a fluke. Because he was, I mean, he was like a like pinball. Yeah, and the thing is, he had 18 carries for 88 yards. And his longest carry was only 16 yards. Yeah. So that's how you know, like every single time that man was punching, yeah. punching eight yards. Seven I wish yards. I wish it showed on there how many he had after um, contact. Yeah. Nah, I don't know, but he was fantastic. So shout out to Trey Siggers. Maybe we'll have him on a on a podcast. <laughs> I don't know. We need I Mason too. Both of them. 
at the same time. All right, after the UTSA win. All right. <laughs> okay, uh, third question. But yeah, thank you, NTSM, for your questions. Jessica Hall asks us, again, a lot of questions, but we will answer them. Any further updates on Rico? No. Uh, why so many three and outs, and where's our quick tempo offense? Do you, I guess I've been starting first. You want to start first? or So, quick tempo offense. You could tell there were times where they were like, all right, let's go. Let's go fast. Yeah. Like, let's actually do this. Um, and then other times it was like, okay, well, we can do this if like we like what we see. Like We can do this if they show us that they're blitzing. Like mm-hmm. like We're going to fake our signal just like everybody else does, and we're still going to see what the defense is showing, showing us right. a lot of times. So, Which, again, is slightly different than what they told us in, in the offseason. A lot of times they were like, you know, we're just going to get up there and go, 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 go. It's, it's not, it hasn't been that way. But it's been that way at certain times, and I feel like it's had decent success. I feel like it hasn't had the like the success that because in because I, in reality you can't go super fast all the time because once you, you just put your defense in such a situation a hole when you play good defenses like when you play Cal and you try to go super fast and you go three and out your defense is back on the field after like right. five minutes of actual. Not time. only that, your offense is going to get tired of running routes and then having to run back and just start another play again. Yeah, there's like a natural pause. But, I mean, they did tell us in in the offseason that they were going to go a lot faster. And they are going faster, but they're not going, like, super fast. Yeah. What about three and outs? I mean, three and outs are... Here's... I'll expand on this, though. This team, when they lose yards, it feels like there's no way in the world they are picking up the first down. Like, when it's second and 13... Because they're all screens. All of them. You you just have a animosity and screens like it didn't score us a touchdown. Who cares if it scored the touchdown? Jair Shorter would have had the same. It was worth the same amount of points. You're right. You're right. I'm just I'm just saying. It's, it's, it's I don't. The screens bother me so much. Not because they use them so much, but when they use them in stupid situations, mm-hmm. there was like third and fifteen. Oh yeah, let's throw a screen to the receiver. They right. don't. They don't run running back screens. Right. That's yeah. That's they only ran one one run, one running back screen. But yeah, receiving screens, and then or they'll run it on third and whatever mm-hmm. or second and fifteen after yeah. a penalty. Throw the ball to get a short yarded situation. You're 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 shooting yourself in the foot to go. Hey, I'll throw a screen. This is either gonna break for sixty something yards like Jalen's did, or it's gonna go for five yards or a loss for ten yards. Yeah. Like it, they run a screen, they lose ten yards, and they run the same play again. The uh, again, this kind of goes back to. <laughs> I feel bad blaming everything on the offensive line, but when it gets to second and fifteen, the defense kind of knows you're passing, and yeah, they're either gonna bring pressure or their defensive linemen are just gonna pin their ears back and just edge rush you to hell. And I feel like again, this offense doesn't really trust their offensive line in a lot of, in a lot of ways, and it shows in a lot of ways, and it shows that the secondary. A lot of times when they run those receiver screens, it's because the corners are so far back off of, off of the receivers. Like they're not going to run it if it's their press and press coverage, obviously. Of course. Um, but that goes back to what I'm saying is that defenses are make trying to make take the ball out of Mason Fine's hands. They're trying to make him throw screens. They're trying to make them run the ball, and they do that by you know putting guys off the ball, you know taking away the deep ball, this and that, and they've done it well the past two games. So. But again, that goes to our point that you have to be more aggressive at a certain point because the screens aren't even working. Right. For the most part. Jalen Darnett, I think, is a very, very, very big exception to the rule in that 68-yard 
run. Right. There was, I mean, the Cal, def- Cal, whoever it was, the defensive back was right there. Yeah. I mean, he gets there a half second sooner. It's five yards and not a touchdown. Exactly. So, um, she also asks how, how many more games until Seth Luttrell takes over the offense? Contrary to what most people believe, Seth calls a lot of plays. He does. And I think I said last time 50-50. Yeah, you said, I think you said 50-50. Something like that. And you guaranteed that, I, I believe. You said you did. I Oh, I can guarantee you now, yeah. Yeah. He runs so, about, yeah, it's about 50-50. Yeah. So, Maybe 60-40 one way, but yeah. So, it's not like Seth isn't calling plays. Both of their, it's not like Bodie and Seth are completely different in the way they call their plays. I I have this written down too. Here, I'll expand on this. Yeah, you you were some, writing some notes down on this whenever we brought it up while we were watching yes, the game. Yes, because people were starting to say, you know, oh, we miss Graham Harrell. And I'm I'm just like, in, for you to say that is obviously ignoring every fact that we have, every piece of evidence that we have that Seth Luttrell said, you know what, Graham Harrell's offense isn't working. I'm going to call the plays. Like, I'm going to bring in my style and do what I do. And so it's not Graham Harrell over Bodie Reader. You're, when you say Graham Harrell, you know, you wish he was back, is you're saying Graham Harrell is a better offensive mind than Seth Atrell and Bodie Reader combined. Yeah. And let's That's for, what you're and saying. And let's not forget what Seth did before he came here. He yes. led UNC to a championship game. Yeah. So there were um, – Seth Atrell has the track, track record to supersede everything that we, we know. And so what I'm saying is throughout the offseason, Seth Atrell changed the offense – it was his doing initially. He brought in Bodie Reader to match what he wanted to do um, with his philosophy. And the sets, the personnel, the offense that is run, the freedom that Mason has, a lot of it, a lot of it goes beyond the 50% of play calls that Seth Luttrell has. I think that the influence that Seth Luttrell has on this offense is far, far greater than Bodie Reader. And I think it's far greater than Graham Harrell used to have. Like, than what he used to have, I should say, because yeah. Graham Harrell last year was calling eighty percent of the plays. Yeah, this year Seth Luttrell not only calls fifty percent of the plays, but his influence is great, is far greater than it was last year. So I don't look at it as Graham Harrell against Bodie Reader. I look at it as Graham Harrell against Seth Luttrell, and I look at it as Graham Harrell played Liberty. Arkansas and a bad SMU team in non-conference and this team is playing SMU and Cal in non-conference these are not comparable at all you yeah. cannot compare you cannot watch North Texas play Cal and then say this team sucks and then watch them play Liberty last year and say wow that team's great you can't do it's that it's equivalent to comparing Cal and ECU basically you're comparing two things that should not be compared apples right. to oranges so that's that's what I have to say about that is I don't think we've seen half of what this offense is capable of because the last two teams, and you can say that they weren't pre- properly prepared for SMU, that's fine, but I don't think that has a, any bearing in what they're going to do for conference play. These last two teams were very good. So I'm just tired of hearing Graham Harrell this, Graham Harrell that, when everybody in the world said how tired we are about Graham Harrell. So, and that's not a lot of people. I'm just saying there's because there's a lot of concern about the offense at this point and especially yeah. what they're doing, because like you said, they're making some questionable calls that aren't working. If they were working, it'd be different, but you're playing good teams. So stuff that you try or stuff that you're like, oh, this might work. It's not going to work. You have to do stuff that you know is going to work. So it's different. Let me check that off my list. <laughs> he just whipped out his notebook and scratch. <laughs> check that off. All right. Thank you, Jessica, for the question. Actually, actually she has one more. 
Dang, you almost cut her off. I did. Who else do we have questions? Oh, that's right. Um, you know, she asked us about the defensive holes. The defense what? Defensive holes. Defensive holes. Do you want to get into defense? I say we save that real let's quick. Save, yeah, let's we, save that. Yeah, we've been an offensive tear right now. Yes, yeah, so so. let's finish our offensive tear, as you say. <laughs> um, her last question is, can we smother glue on our receiver's gloves? No. Thank you for the questions, Jessica, by the way. Let's get into it. <laughs> Unfortunately, you cannot. I wish. Smother glue on the receiver's gloves. Yeah, Jair Shorter had some... Uh, Got some drops. Drops. Uh, Deion Hare was obviously targeted nine times and only made three receptions, but some of those were on Mason. Some of those were some just of those some were of those were because tight. he just wasn't physically able to get the ball. But yeah. one, Jair Shorter is not used to getting nine targets a game. <laughs> this is this yeah. is this is literally his third start, and two of them have been against, like you said, very good defenses. Not his third. Oh, he didn't start. He did not start. Yes, he did. At receiver. Yeah. No, he did not. It was Rico and Jair. No, it was Rico and no. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you said uh, Dion. Dion. No, no, I'm talking about Jair. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. saying Jair isn't used to getting nine yes, targets I'm a sorry. game. And then Dion also not only isn't used to it, but he's also not Rico. Mm-hmm. So I mean, you're limited in what you have. Um, we already talked about Mike Law. How obviously Cal's really good defense. They're going to make up for that. So they just got to get better. I mean, the simple is you just have to get better at catching. Well, remember last year. <laughs> Do you remember last year how bad, how bad drops were? Not just Guyton, everybody. But I mean, Guyton had most of them. Okay, no, I don't think he had. He, I don't think he had most. I'm not gonna say he had most of them, but he had. He was the the leader. I'll say. Okay. But their whole team was dropping passes last year. I don't know if I don't know if people remember, but Darden Lawrence. Yeah, we 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 were everybody getting on him. Well, because I don't. I didn't remember this until I just thought about it like three seconds ago. Like, we're gonna, we're talking about how bad the hands are of this offense through three games. Last year was way worse, so yeah. I'm not ready to say that the receivers yeah, need, it's, it's, need glue yet. But yeah, the, these the guys that they had out there after Rico went down are not used to getting the targets that they that they were. So. Well, they better get used to it, Colin. That's wow. all I got to say. All right, we have one more question again. Thank y'all for your questions from Travian. He asks, uh, "Do you get more out of the loss from today or last week?" Which game can we take more out of, I guess? I want to say this week. Last week, I feel like a lot of emotions were attached to it. They clearly weren't prepared. And this week, it was they were prepared. They knew what they were going to do. They executed it. It didn't work, obviously. Yeah. But they were able to bounce back and almost mount a comeback against a soon-to-be top 25 team. Yes. So I, I think you can say more about this game. They kind of got their feet wet with SMU. In, in terms of playing an actual team compared to ACU yeah. and uh, that you can take more away from. I agree. I agree. I think, I think it has to be this week. Cause I feel like last week was such a SMU. The, S, the SMU game was such a, I don't want to call it like a one-time thing, but you could tell, like you said, they weren't fully prepared for that level of football. And Cal was like, all right, this is actually our, this is actually how we play. This is actually what we can do against a defense of this caliber. And it didn't work in the first quarter or even the first half for the most part, but eventually you saw them figure out some things and you saw the team grow up as the game wore on. And I think that's the main takeaway that we have. And I think once we're going to get into defense real soon, I think the defense showed us a lot more resilience than they have at any point in the season, the young, this young season so far. Yeah. So um, thank you all for your questions. Let's get into the defense, Colin. Do you want to ask the defensive question since we... I mean, all she did... She asked, how do you fix the defensive holes? Oh, okay. So we can... That's so we'll a very broad question. 
So what are the defensive holes right now, Colin, before we get into the specifics of this game? Uh, I still want to say linebacker. But if, if you want if you want to make it more broad, just pass rush in general. Right now, it I feel like it's only Ladarius. Deion Noble's in there, obviously. Um, he's been having some really good games. But I feel like on whatever side Ladarius is on, there's pressure on the other side. It's like, I can do whatever I want. Yeah. And the linebackers obviously aren't helping with that. And on top of that, the linebackers haven't been as fast as we've been expecting or been able to tackle like we've been expecting. Yeah. And it's been, I mean, we saw it a lot this game for an offense. This make no mistake about it. Although Cal is in the, the power five, their offense is awful for, for its level. Yes. And there were so many tackles where it could have been a tackle for a loss. And then they turned it into a first down because Tyreek Davis couldn't make a tackle or Cam Johnson couldn't make a tackle or uh, Kyrie couldn't make a tackle. Yeah. And it's just, I'm not really sure why. <laughs> yeah, the uh, the thing that we knew Cal was going to do is they were going to run the ball. And while I think that as a whole, North Texas did a good job stopping the run, there were a lot of stretches where it was like, damn, they can't, they're not quite there yet. And then, like you said, I don't think Cal is a good enough offense to blow them out. So you put those two things together. I'm still concerned for Houston. Um, I'm concerned for a lot of... um, I'm concerned for maybe UTSA to an extent. Right. But we'll get into that. But Houston is definitely still a concern. I don't think this defense showed enough to me today against an offense that is far, far worse than SMU and Houston. Yeah, Houston put up 31 against Oklahoma. Yes. So... 24. I thought okay, wait wait was, wait I thought it was thirty one oh, was it thirty one it might have been thirty one okay um I was thinking of Washington State so and and this is with and all of this game North Texas was putting three in the box or three uh, rushing three and then putting two spies at the yeah. top at certain points and they'd still give up ten yards to either a run play or their quarterback I forgot his name Garber 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 just being like, oh hey I can't do this and he'll just run to the outside yeah. and then the linebackers weren't fast enough to get to him. So let's go. Let's go position unit by position unit real quick. Defensive line, I thought played great. I Defensive do, line, I think played great. Just outside of what, like you mentioned, the pass rush, I don't think was great outside of Ladarius. Even though they recorded a lot of sacks, six sacks. Yeah. A lot of those were sacks either via coverage or sacks via Ladarius Hamilton coming around the end and Garber's looking around, looking around, looking around, tucking it, trying to run and getting tackled two yards in the backfield like yeah. that's still recorded as a sack so or running out of bounds yeah or running out of bounds in the backfield as well that's a sack um i do think the defensive line was probably the strongest unit though of the three levels i agree no so. i definitely agree um but we need to we still need to see more from the other side because ladarius is is going to run out of gas if he's having to constantly do what he's having to do yeah all and, season. and when you look at the numbers it's like there's just four guys that you could possibly throw in there dayton leblanc um tulao safi uh, Colvin, yeah, Caleb Colvin, and then uh, Asher Fro. Like you have four other guys that you're like looking around for to like who's gonna step up today, and none of them really step up. It's kind of just like a rotating wheel. So right, we'll see who if anybody steps up. Okay, so linebackers, what did you see from those linebackers today? I did see a good amount of missed tackles. <laughs> yes, Katie good. Davis. I feel like was better than Tyreek Davis. I think so, and I, feel, I, I don't really think it was close. Yeah, uh, Katie ended up with twelve tackles, I believe. Tyreek 
is still fast. He missed a crucial tackle on Garbers that would have helped a lot. And I think he would have saved him three points, perhaps. Um, I think it was on a third third down or fourth down. Yeah, it was on a third down. Third and I want to say like 13. 14, 13. Okay. Yeah, it was, it was third and really I long. Know. I don't remember. Yeah. But anyways, he had a chance. And then, so between those two, I think Joe Zogu had a good game at the Jack. He had the other sack, like the other... The other uh, the other, oh no, he had the other quarterback hit outside of uh, Ladarius. So him and Ladarius were the only two like hit the quarterback that wasn't a sack. Yeah. So I thought that was an interesting stat. Um, but that's all I had on the linebackers pretty much. I do think that it's kind of concerning, and I do think we still need to see them stuff the run. I think they they were better at filling their gaps properly, but we still need to see them do more. Do you think it's concerning that? although we expected them to kind of drop off and uh, protecting against the run that they haven't really stepped up in terms of pass protection well, or pass, like pass coverage, pass sorry. coverage. Yeah. Pass. Wow. Yeah. Um, pass coverage. I'm not sure in this defense, how much they're asked to do outside of the occasional like zone, because I feel like whenever it's pass coverage, I feel like whenever they're dropping eight or, you know, everyone's on the man on the outside, they're either coming, coming hard or they're spying. Like, I feel like they don't have a lot of responsibility in pass coverage, and I don't know if that's because they can or if that's because it's ref system. I feel like mostly it's because it's ref system. Yeah. But, I mean, who knows? So, I think that more than anything, their best, their best, the best thing that they can contribute to this defense is getting to the quarterback whenever they're asked to. And a lot of times their blitzes didn't hit. Like, there was a time I I tweeted one of them on, on our account that – there was a blitz where they clearly brought six and they couldn't hit and they gave up a long pass. So there's just times like that where you have to be able to shed blocks and that's in the run and in the pass. Yeah. So, uh, secondary, man, let me just ask you this. Do you think Cam Johnson has been relegated to third on the depth chart? No, don't think uh, so. No, no. Um, there were a couple more pass interferences, two or three, three felt like three. I think I'm going to say three. One on one on uh, Taylor, one on Taylor, one, one on, Cam. on Cam. It was definitely three. Yeah, it was three. Um, so you still have that problem. I don't know how much we can take away from this game, considering that Cal didn't really want to throw the ball, and when they did, but when they did, they hit. When they did, they they did hit. But in terms of the big play, I guess not short plays. They, I mean, they converted converted a third and twenty four for God's sake. I'm saying the long plays. The long plays again have been an issue. I mean, uh, Garber was nine to twenty two. Yeah. But the ones he completed were long passes. Yeah, I mean, his nine throws went for one hundred twenty nine yards. That's about fifteen. I don't know, something like that. Yeah. Yards per per uh, completion. Uh, my thing is that I just. Again, I don't know how much we could take away from this game considering Cal didn't want to run, and when they did, or I'm sorry, didn't want to pass, and when they did pass, a lot of times UNT only brought three, and so they sat in the zone more than they did against SMU. So when you only bring three, it's like you have so much in coverage that like you better not give up. You better not give up a pass. Yeah. So I feel like they had a lot more help this week than they did last week. So maybe that's good. And also they had help in passing situations because Cal's offensive line maybe was better than SMU's. I don't know, but we will again, UTSA is going to show us a lot more than these first two games did. So that's what I'm excited for is that we're going to see North Texas go against UTSA, a conference USA team, an an average team. Yes. So 
that's gonna that's what I'm excited for. Um, let me check what I have written down here. We covered Rico. Oh, uh, we covered the offensive line. I uh, we covered. Yeah, I covered that. Garber's running we, was a major problem. We talked about that. We talked about conservative offense. Penalties were still pretty bad. Like I mentioned, they were the three pass interference calls. I don't know if we have the... Yeah, I have them. I can get them right here. There were... I mean, North Texas gave up five first downs on penalties. They gave up nine... They gave up 105 yards on nine penalties. North Texas did. Yeah, that's a lot. Which is a lot. And that's, again, still concerning. Um, I don't want to say it shows an undisciplined team, but, you know, it shows a team that maybe was trying to compensate by getting, you know, that extra hold, that extra, you know, extra step and whatnot. Um, Bodie. Oh, panic meter, Colin. We didn't do our panic meter. Let's do that. Uh, defense pass interference. Um, one thing I do want to say about the defense. So let's grade. Let's grade this defense's performance, Colin, real quick. Well, how how would you On grade? A scale of what? A, like like are we doing letters grade. or a regular grade? Letter grade. B. A B. A B. Ex- expand the first quarter. Made it not an A minus, so okay. So they were an A minus for the other three quarters. Yes, because they only they only gave up three points, and they did what they had to do. They got to the quarterback when they needed to in the second half. They, I mean, they did everything they needed to do to for the, to make this game winnable. Now that first quarter, that's an issue. They can't. I mean, you had the 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 out route against Cam. Yeah, wasn't there. You had the out route against Taylor. Wasn't there. It's just. They got to be better at those. I don't understand how they're they can be so disciplined for so much part of the game, and then all of a sudden it's like one play on third and long. Yeah, it's almost like they they turn off. Yeah, it's weird. I so let me press it by saying my score prediction was twenty seven to seventeen. Final score is twenty three to seventeen. So pat myself on the back there. Good job. You're Matthew. amazing. Um, we expected them not to score much, right? Talking about Cal, or? yeah. I'm not so sure. We expected them to score over 30? I wouldn't say we expected them to, but we weren't going to be surprised if they did. But we knew coming into the game that they weren't an explosive team. We knew that they didn't have... We also knew coming into the game that our uh, North Texas defense wasn't anything to write home about. Yeah, but... Do you remember your your final score prediction? Yeah, it was ridiculous and it was stupid, so I shouldn't have said it. Okay. Well, I'm just saying... I don't know. I mean, this is kind like, of this game went kind of exactly how I expected it to go. It was well, not go ahead. The first quarter, I don't think you yes, thought it was exactly, going to go that exactly, way. Exactly, exactly. So, so as I was saying, is it went exactly how I expected it to go? Except I didn't expect them to score twenty points in the first quarter. I expected it to be spread out more so. And yeah, regardless, it went how I expected it to go. Like it went North Tech, California, just doing enough and capitalizing on North Texas' mistakes enough times to put them away and Cal didn't sustain a ton of drives a lot of times they were handed good field position they had a good punt return they had a good kickoff return they had a fumble like they were handed good field position a lot of times and I just don't know if Cal's offense was really I mean it might it might be it might not even be top three in conference USA so you'd say it's top half Probably I have to see more conference USA, but I'm just saying like you go 
North Texas to maybe like FAU and, you know, so on and so forth. I think, I think you could probably hit three or four teams that are better offensively than Cal. And so when you put it like that, considering how bad Conference USA has been so far, it's kind of like, okay, well, why can't this defense hold them? To exactly. So points? that's what I don't know. Like you, you could say if they were disciplined, like they were in the the last three quarters, that they could have they could have held them to two touchdowns, and that's it. I mean, they they did so well in the in the last three quarters that it kind of makes you wonder how could you even give up twenty in the first quarter in the first place. That's a great point. That's a great point. It's a good point. Um, for that, I'm going to give them a. You said B. I said B. You said B. I'm debating. I'm I'm gonna say okay here here I'm gonna say C plus. And here's another reason I'm going to say C+, because this team cannot force turnovers. I was going to ask you that right after this. This team just cannot and force turnovers, it's, and it's very, very, very alarming. It's And it's frustrating. Very it's a frustrating. lot of things. Yes. Uh, Nick Harvey was supposed to be the guy to, to do a lot of that, according to all those. Even Cam Johnson. Even Cam Johnson. There's no been There's been one fumble, forced fumble. It was against Adeline Christian. And it was against Adeline Christian. So... And it hasn't even looked like they're close. Like, it hasn't even, like... There hasn't even been... There's been two times where I can think of where a ball might have been picked. It was Joe Joe's uh, uh, yes. pass that he yes. just dropped completely yes. against ACU. And then it was another time, but I forgot. But you need these corner... These, the secondary, first of all, needs to be going for a ball. I feel like every time... Every time a, a, a long ball is thrown up, they aren't even looking for the ball. Well, here's my, here's my thing. You have to be in position... To make a play on the ball, to make a play fair, on the ball, fair, okay. And so, a lot of so, times they so, are not. So, so the T. Rob, uh, pass interference. Pass interference. If he turned around, that's a pick. We don't. It, it depends how you're coached, and a lot of coaches, you know, teach to you know get your hands between the 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 hands of the receiver, you know, so you can just break it up that way. Even because a lot of times when you're in a go situation or a post situation you're behind the guy right your main priority is not to get beat over the top by you and so i kind of understand that but, but with that be, with but that i'm be, more concerned on like a an out route or something that they're not able to jump like they're or they give up eight yards on a simple route yeah and they're not in position to make a play on the ball in that play i feel like that's alarming as well so and this goes back to the two all and then furthermore the two teams that they've played these past two weeks have had leads on them so they haven't had a need to force stuff they haven't needed to risk anything to take the lead they've been in the lead so i feel like that's another aspect of the game that we have to we have to look at as well um but it would be nice and it would be nice for this defense to a get a pass rush and make the quarterback you know feel somewhat uncomfortable yeah without having to drop eight guys or without having to or Get pressure without having to, you know, bring more than four guys, and then, oh, oh, Maya just bit me. Um, but uh, anyways, yeah, that's that's pretty much um, what my uh, what my concern is on that end because you're gonna have to force turnovers in conference play, so um, they're gonna need to do that yeah. very quickly. All right, was there anything else to this Cal game? I, I don't think about? so. I think I think we're all set. I think we are all set. I'm trying to think if there's anything else. Oh, here. panic meter. Panic meter. So what would you say? What would you, what, would you, what would you say your panic meter was after last week's game? Okay, to preface this, if y'all weren't with us last year, we did this a lot, and we did this basically after every conference game because there was no panic in the first four games of last year. Yeah, it was and only then, and after was, the Louisiana Tech yeah. loss. We were like, "Oh my God, we suck again." But you know, we 
we've come around and we are a lot more reasonable with our panic meter takes now, obviously. I don't know. I don't know. Last week, I feel like our panic meter yeah. was, uh, we didn't say what it was, but I feel like it could be, it could be guessed. Last week, our panic meter was probably, my panic meter on a scale of one to 10 was probably at a solid eight. Yeah. I, I completely agree with that. that 10 solid? being the absolute, the, 10 being the season's over. 10 being, yes. 10 being the season's over. Um, right now my panic meter for this game specifically no 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 whole body of work for the season whole body of work okay uh after this game my panic meter is at a five six it's at a six 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 instead of five because i still am skeptical of the defense i'm still skeptical of the defense and i feel like there's a lot of pressure on the offense to perform well on an every down basis and they didn't have to do it the last two years, really. Two years ago, maybe they did, but last year especially, they did not. So it's a different animal. So I'm going to say six. What about you? I'm going to say five. I was going to say four, but you said six. So Just say four then. Five. Um, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Trey Siggers has, has reignited my life. Ah, there we go. Mason looked, my Mace, life. Mason, Mason looked good in the second half. And the defense did what they had to do. Albeit against a bad de- or a bad offense, so it's at a five down from the eight from last week. So it's five is like a is like a push, like you know it could go either way. So we'll, that's where the panic meter goes. One being they're gonna they're gods in the conference. Five being it's like a push, and then ten. Okay, ten makes ten. The season's that over. I'm still pretty concerned, but I'm a far less concerned. And then I'm con- <laughs> not only because they played better, but also because I think this team. Should be fine in conference USA play, like based on what we saw today. Should be fine. If they're able to, they were able to get the ball moving against the defense as well. They should be able to. Again, I picked a five also because we're not we're going to see a lot more against UTSA. UTSA this could completely change. So, well, if they struggle against UTSA, then we are reevaluating a lot. But they could. UTSA is not a bad team, and I think that's a perfect segue, Colin, for our UTSA preview. Amazing. What a segue. Um. If you have any more questions about Cal, feel free to DM them to us or anything like that. We are on Twitter a lot because we are millennials and that's what we do. So, anyways, I don't know if we're millennials. Are we considered millennials? I think we're Generation Z. I don't know. Do I don't. Think, I don't know. I'm, do you I'm, think Maya's bone is hitting the mic stand? Is that bothering anything? No, I don't think so. Um, no, it's not. <laughs> um, you know what? We'll move it just in case. I don't think it is though. She's not going to move. She doesn't want to move. Anyways, so uh, we're going to go through every one of their games. So we have the Battle for San Antonio. I guess you could call it the, the Battle ba- of the Alamo The Battle Dome. of the Alamo Bowl Dome. Dome. Colin, don't you ever disrespect the Alamo Dome like that. Sorry. Um, they destroyed Incarnate Ward 35-7. Uh, to 7. It wasn't really a game. It was a great coming out party for Frank Harris. Indeed. And if you've... There's no real reason for you to know about Frank Harris. Just know that the quarterback was really bad last season, so they had Frank Harris. Now. Yeah, So and Frank Harris tore both his ACLs over the last three years, two years, two years. Yeah, so that's so, pretty bad. So, so yeah, I'm glad that he's back. Uh, yeah. I watched him firsthand at Clemens, San Antonio Shirts Clemens. I watched him do his work, and he's a great player. He's a very mobile guy. He can throw the ball well. He's a little undersized, but if he didn't tear his ACL his senior year, he'd be at a better college than... Then, then UTSA. UTSA. So, so he's, a, he's a legit player. Just throw out the stats for that Incarnate Word game. We'll just go for Frank Harris. 28-36 uh, for 206 yards, uh, three touchdowns on a pick, and then he ran 
for 123 yards on 15 carries. So like you said, very mobile, dual threat, I guess yes, we can, we'll exactly. call him. Um, so, yeah, there's that game. Then they played Baylor and got smacked 63-14. to 14. Uh, Frank Harris only threw for 93 yards on 24 attempts, uh, 15 for 24. And he didn't have as good as a rushing game uh, that game. They actually had their running back... Um, is his name Sincere? Sincere McCormick. Sincere McCormick, yeah. Uh, 12 carries for 87 yards. Um, Frank Harris rushed for three yards. Okay. So, a different, different it, animal, obviously, obviously a completely different animal. Um, and then today, they played Army. And you have the stats up for that, that yes, game. Yes, I do. So, against Army... Oh, man. UT State was in the game for a while. That's yeah. the thing. They, were, they ended up losing... 31-13. Um, 31-13. They were down 10-7 to in the third quarter. And then the wheels kind of fell off in a way. Army Army scored and then UTSA, I believe, fumbled it. And UT, Army scored again. So just like that, it went from in reach to out of reach. It was in San Antonio. Army, as we all know good and well, will run that triple option into the ground. And they did that. They and, had two pass attempts. Yeah, and they did it well. So... Um, it's no real surprise. It's not really too big of a knock on UTSA that they lost to Army because after after what we saw Army do against Michigan and what we've seen Army do just in our lives, uh, they're they're a problem. So I don't. It's yeah, not the triple option is hard to prepare for because a lot of teams don't don't really face it unless you're facing an Army. Yes, exactly. So exactly. Um, Frank Harris passed, um, completed th- twenty three of his thirty one pass attempts for one hundred eighty seven yards. No touchdowns, one interception with five sacks. Obviously, a lot of those, like we mentioned with Garbers, might be him taking a seven-step drop and trying to run after yeah, that. Yeah, it's, it's, it's hard weird because in college, they count stuff like that as a sack. Yeah. And it's in the NFL, they don't. So. Yeah, so it's different. Um, on the ground, Sincere McCormick, he is a true freshman. I watched him at Judson last year. Um, five carries for 27 yards and a touchdown. They also have Brendan Brady, who is a, who's a running back. Frank Harris... Uh, had 14 carries, which ended up netting one yard. Despite you know he he gained 23 yards, but he had the sacks that brought him down 22 right. yards. So basically, 14 carries. Okay, if we subtract the sacks, so that's nine carries for 23 yards theoretically. Okay. So Frank Harris again, very mobile guy. They don't have a standout receiver, like at all. Really, they just have a bunch of like good. Okay, guys. Okay, yeah. Okay, receivers. Uh, Carlos Strickland had four receptions, 38 yards. Uh, Blaze Moorhead also had four receptions as well. They have a lot of guys. I mean, shoot, you look at the list. I, I don't want to count that. That's probably like 10 guys with a reception. Yeah. So they don't have a go-to guy. They don't have go-to guys. They're going to spread it out a lot. Um, one thing that I did take away from the Army game was that they passed the ball way more than they ran the ball. Not way more, I shouldn't say. 30, they threw the ball 33 times, and they ran the ball 22 times. Is that then, including Frank Harris's runs? Yes. Yes. So, okay, so, so include out, the running back. Yeah, so if you take out Frank Harris's runs, they only ran, did handoffs 13 times. Yeah. Which is not a lot. So they are a team that likes to pass the ball, and they put the ball in their best player's hand, Frank Harris, and they say, all right, go do go, – go, go make stuff happen for us. So – um, that is what I know about UTSA. Um, I have a good amount of friends that go to UTSA still. Uh, so we'll, we'll see how that plays out. We'll see if I can maybe do some wagers. 
and <laughs> and see, see if you were a gambling man if i if i was a gambling man i would definitely put place some wagers on the game but um i'm interested to see how how it goes i think that uh i think north texas is in a good position defensively because utsa doesn't have that over the top guy that's gonna kill you like jane like prochet and like yeah. Robertson. like i think the corners can actually play with these guys i think the corners should have good days i think you can put the, the north texas corners in man and reasonably expect them to i don't want to say shut down but shut down utsa <laughs> receivers like utsa's receivers are nothing special and north texas corners need to be better than them because if they're not better than the if they are not able to smother the utsa receivers then there's going to be a real problem in conference USA a play and also when they play houston in the in the next week so yeah, I think I think the defense needs to have their coming out party, and they kind of did today with Cal, but they really, really, really need to. They need to hold UTSA to less than twenty points. I think that might be a hot take. That no, I don't think it's a hot take. Because you think it's reasonable to expect that they hold UTSA? To no, less I than think 20? it's reasonable to say that they have to, though. I mean, there's no real consequence if they don't. Unless well, there they is. Lose, unless they well, lose. Well, there is because. You have to rely. That means you have to rely on the offense to score more yes. than however many points they give up. Yes. And UTSA, I would say, is a very average team, probably just above average on offense. For conference USA, yes. Oh yeah, for offense, I'd probably put them slightly above average. Right. Now. So, so this is the middle point of where you need to average. If you you need to average twenty points, twenty something points a uh, a game as against a you as a defense. Yeah. So this is a very good benchmark to see how much will they will actually give away. I agree. Um, I was looking at Athlon Sports Conference USA preseason um, teams. They do. They have four full teams, which is very thorough and very good. I like that. Um, Lorenzo Daly. Oh my God! I better make sure I get his name right. Lorenzo. I believe it's Lorenzo Dantzler. Let me make sure. Yeah, Lorenzo Dantzler on the defensive line was a um, preseason, you know, second team, third team pick by a lot of people. In the secondary, Cassius Grady, corner, is expected to do a lot of things. And that's pretty much it. They don't have anybody on the offense besides Spencer Buford, an offensive lineman. And this is according to Athlon's preseason um, teams, preseason's con- preseason all-conference teams. So right. they don't have a lot of like individual personnel. Like I said, they don't have this really explosive receiver. They don't have a really explosive running back. I mean, they're relying on a quarterback that has – had surgery on both his ACLs. They're relying on a running back that is a true freshman. They are relying on a team that has not proven to be a good offensive team in in the past. Like even when they were good two years ago, three years ago, they had good defense. Yeah. So it's, I don't know what to expect from this offense. I don't expect a lot, but I don't expect, I don't know what exactly to expect. I do think holding them to less than 20, 21 points is reasonable though. So we'll see. We'll see how that goes. Defensively, it's more of the same. Um, we know that UTSA is going to they, – they have some corners. I will say that. They, they do have Cassius Grady, and then they have another corner that I'm not going to remember his name. But they have some guys that can make plays. Again, I would say that this – I would say that this defense is slightly under av- – below average of common USA play. I don't. Yeah. I don't think they are on the level. But I say that. But they did hold Army to ten points through two and a half quarters. So that's promising, is it not, Colin? Yes, but 
Army will wear you down. So I know, and, and they did. They know they knew what they were going to get with Army. Yeah. I feel like with a team like North Texas, they can. We've seen Trey Sigurds run, obviously. Yeah. And then Mason's going to do what Mason does. So it's exactly. it's different in that respect. Exactly. And nobody on the team had ten um had ten tackles against Army, so it's spread out. I don't. They don't have star power. UTSA does not. So yeah, they're going to play a very, I guess, passive game, just to where they're just going to play. They're going to hang around. I feel yeah, like they're going to try yeah. to hang around and give Frank Harris a shot. And I think Frank Harris, obviously, you have to keep him under wraps. But I think if you take out Frank, if you take away Frank Harris from their offense, especially his mobility, then I think you make this offense very one dimensional because they don't, they don't, uh, they don't do a lot outside of him. Yeah. So, so that's that's what I know about UTSA. Um, let's predict the line real quick. I don't. I don't think a line will be up a week, a full week in advance. We'll, we'll use the ESPN BPI that we used last week. Yeah, but how, there's no way to like actually use that. Well, we did last week. What did we do last week? We looked at it and we said, okay, well, that's probably pretty good. And then we guessed the line ourselves. Okay, go ahead. Do it, do it. So, North Texas next week is projected. According uh, to FBI. Or FPI, yeah, not BPI. Uh, 80% chance to win against UTSA. Okay. I would say that's about accurate. Um, so for the line, I would say North Texas at home will be favored by roughly, let's say eight and a half. I'd say more than that. More than that? More than that. How much more than that, Colin? If we'll, okay, say, so they played Cal and they played SMU. Okay. UTSA has played Baylor and got wrecked. I'd say Baylor's probably worse than Cal. Okay. So you got to give me UNT by not f- two full touchdowns, but 13 and a half. So what Cal was favored against UNT, basically. Yeah. And that's strictly an offense alone. I'm not rolling on that. No. It's wow. got to it's gotta be. It's less than 10. It has to be less than 10. It's, they're still not. You North Texas has not shown the people in the country that they are able to put away teams like that. In case you're wondering... Uh, they gave up 31 to Abilene Christian. That's what a lot of people's perception of this team still is. That's true. That they're like... That's true. That they're like, okay, well, they can't even stop Abilene Christian. Like, they did good against Cal, but, you know, this, this, that. I think there's still a lot of caveats that the perception of this team has to overcome. Okay. So, I'm, I'm rolling with eight and a half. Um, are you ready for predictions? Let's get it. All right, let me get my notebook out so I can write them down. What was my prediction last week or for this week? Con, just because I don't know. It's really you wrote it down. Yeah, I know. Well, I write a lot of stuff down. I'm not gonna. I thought you were supposed to keep track. of You these. said it's really bad, really bad prediction. Oh no, this was so that this was SMU. I don't have it, Con. Wow. Do I? I don't think I do. I do not. Let me check. No, I don't. Sorry, Colin. All right, UTSA prediction, Colin, at home. Before Houston, after Cal, what are, what are we thinking here? Let's go with UTSA scores 14. Okay. I'll say 17 just to be safe. Okay. North Texas, first big game of the season, mm, 41. 41-17? 41-17. I'm writing this one down. This is Mason's coming out party, quote unquote. All right. I'll say I'll say thirty five to twenty one. 
Okay. So not so so less than you, but not like way less, I guess. So I, I still have two touchdowns. Yeah, that's pretty good. Um, I think we would both be happy with a two touchdown win, considering unless if it's like a really twenty eight twenty one and yeah. and like you have to like score at the end, maybe just to put it away. Like it was really close. Like if the if if the UTS game if the UTSA game is really close, is that concerning? Absolutely. Okay. Because we consider them a middle of the pack conference USA team, or maybe that, even like and it'll lower. have. It'll it'll bring back memories of last season where they weren't able to put away yes. average teams. Yes. Do we consider them more prepared after playing they two, have to be. two good games? They absolutely have to be. Is it good that they're playing yes. good teams instead yes. of bad teams? Yes. All right. Okay. All right, Colin. I think we've covered everything. Um again, if you have any questions, please feel please feel free to DM us. I'm let's plug our stuff here. Follow us on Twitter at Mean Green twenty four seven at CJH Mitch at um, CJH Mitchell Mitchell. I'm sorry, CJH Mitchell uh, at Matt Matthew Bruni underscore. Subscribe to us on Mean Green twenty four seven dot com. That means a ton to us. Um, also, you can get our letters. Uh, what what's the word for email it? blasts? Email blasts. Sure, you can get those. Subscribe to those. Yes, those. That's free. That's yeah. free, and that's you'll get all the the uh, post game updates. Yeah, you'll just get the updates. You'll just get you know alerts, breaking news, yada yada yada. If you want the latest on that, sent to your email. Go to our site, scroll down to get or to email. You'll see it. It's in the middle, and put your email in, and you will subscribe to it. So we'd appreciate that. Um, follow us on SoundCloud and Apple Podcasts, or subscribe to us, I should say. At uh, Matthew Bruni, or I'm sorry, Bruni's Breakdown Podcast. I cannot think. This it is not your show. It's our I'm show. I'm sorry. Bruni's Breakdown Podcast. It's getting late, Colin. I'm tired. Um, leave us five stars on Apple. We'd greatly appreciate it. We're up to 13 now. Huge thanks to all of y'all that have gotten us to, up to 13. Leave us a review as well. We'd greatly appreciate it. We got some some great reviews on there calling us, comparing us to some 2012 UNT basketball players that... That's That's fantastic that's that yeah I couldn't, I couldn't ask for anything more no we cannot so as long as there's no one in the benford era we're happy um <laughs> wow what if it's tony mitchell oh okay well that's i don't really consider that benford era that's like the last year oh okay regardless leave us a rating leave us a review if you want five stars only please and thank you if you disagree with us please let us know respectfully of course and we'll talk to y'all next week